to me? Yeah. yeah like, oh, you, I think he heard you. Maybe he didn't. Wait, wait, Did you on. whisper it? Yes, yeah. I can hear. Oh, oh. no. Kate, Kate said she, she whispered, by the way, how cute is he? I said, how cute is he? <laughs> Ooh, I'm happy my, I can hear that. Create for No Reason is your weekly dose of courage to stop making excuses and start bringing your ideas to life. Dr. Our guest Day. is Michael Burke, but you can find him on Instagram, D. Michael Burke. D. Michael Burke. We did not, I like, I, did, you, did you get from him before we talked to him what the D stands for? I did not. Okay. We're going to have to send him a note on. I on. will find that out from him. Uh, Michael Burke is a comedian and a writer and an actor um, and he's brilliant. And we discovered him on TikTok because Kate is in love with him. I have a, cr- a crush on him. It's true. He uh, is the best. <laughs> <laughs> he's so funny. I feel like everyone needs to know who he is. And so I was so happy that he that we got to talk to him so that more yeah. people can discover him and find his hilarious videos. <laughs> I watch them on Instagram. I'm not on TikTok, so that's but but Sean is. <laughs> yes, I'm doing need to I'm, find Sean. I'm trying to get on the uh, on the TikToks and maybe on the TikToks. Maybe 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 Michael can help me with that. So uh, let's yeah. let's get over to our interview. Oh my gosh! So Michael, yes. Do people call you Mike or Mi- or Michael? Either or. It's you're Michael. Yes. You're Michael. Like yes. you are so awesome and so oh funny. I am like. <laughs> So excited to talk to you right now. Oh my God. Thank you for having me. Overwhelmed already by the compliments. <laughs> well, the only the only people Kate ever shares with me on TikTok. Um, it's not even people, it's just you. Like yeah. we'll be talking. Yeah. She's like, did you see the latest one? She did right before you got on. She held it up. <laughs> She's showing me. Over Zoom so I can watch it. Well, I'm not even on TikTok. So Mm -hmm. you started posting them on Instagram. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's how I found. I don't even remember how I found you. But the first one I found was the one that you did. It was one of your New York rom-coms, your infamous Mm -hmm. New York Mm rom-coms. And I'm like sharing it with everybody (laughs) that I know simply because I started saying things and they're like, that's not funny because I'd be like, it's his first one to make it good. Like I'm like I'm like being you, and people are like, I don't know where that's from. I'm like, it's not from anything other than this guy on TikTok. You're, you're like Saturday Night Live for Kate. She just starts yes. doing impersonations. Yeah. Yes, it is so so true. So I thought, so I reached out to you because Sean and I do this podcast. Like I like I mentioned to you, we were, we talked mm-hmm. to creators, and I'm like. We have got to talk to this guy, Michael, because I don't know what he does for a living other than like these videos. And he's a comedian and I don't know, but I love his work and I want to hear about just your awesomeness and your thought process and your creative process and all those fun things. So I'm going to I'm going to stop fangirling because I could just go all day. I feel like I know all of your videos like I could do them. Um, Yes. (laughs) 
you just have this like really fun way about you where like you make everything you say hilarious. And oh so my people gosh. need to follow you. Oh my God. Thank you so much. It's so crazy because I feel like I'm the person that quotes random videos and like I, I, if you pick up things and you just quote them. So the fact that you're and people are quoting me is like, that's like beyond to me. I didn't even expect that. Aww. <laughs> well, you've kind of, well, tell us first kind of, because mm-hmm. we kind of just like went into just sharing how amazing you are. <laughs> what, like, what do you do? Like, what is your whole thing? And how did you even get started doing these videos? I, so I started making videos like probably like senior year of high school. I played soccer my whole life and then I quit senior year and I was like, oh, what am I going to do? Like, I don't know. And then me and my friends started making like basically like, like mock imitation music videos, obviously like (laughs) over dramatized, just like, you know, and so I was doing that. And then I ended up, I went to FIT, the like fashion school in New York. And so I did that and then immediately looked at my classmates and I was just like, okay, I don't want to work with any of these people. So <laughs> let me figure out a new path. I was like, and also I didn't know, I was like, I don't want to be locked into the fashion industry the rest of my life. I was like, I love shopping, love buying clothes, but I, let me like at least do something broader. And then I just kept making these little videos and I was like, all right, well, let me, if I'm doing that in all of my free time, I might as well make that into my degree. And so I got a degree in digital media production. And then from there, I started working in this in New York City for movies, uh, like one TV show, a bunch of movies and TV shows. And they were all comedies, which is like, you just take any job you can get and they all happen to be comedies. Mm. And one of my jobs was, it was like a small budget film. It was Nick Kroll's movie. And so then I was driving Nick Kroll to set every morning at like no six way. in the morning. Yeah. So then like the second day, I was like, I'm not going to waste this opportunity. I got Nick Kroll in the front seat next to me. Yes. And I was like, so Nick, I have to ask you, like, I want to be you when I grow up. Like, what do I have to do? <laughs> and then he was like, what? Me? You want to be me? And I'm like, Nick, don't be humble right now. Just like, I need advice. <laughs> like, I need advice. <laughs> and then he chewed my ear off for 45 minutes and basically was like, take improv classes, like start doing comedy classes and making friends and then making videos with those friends. Mm. So then five years ago now, I moved to LA and I basically did that. And then the pandemic hit and I was like a server, comedian, stages are closed, restaurants closed. I was like, I could probably make it to like October, but I don't want to risk. I don't want to like get to October and then be like, Oh, I'm I'm in financial ruin right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then I was like, all right, I'm gonna move back to my parents just moved to North Carolina, which is where we vacation. So I was like, great, it'll be a summer vacation for me. I'll go do that. I ended up starting TikTok because I was like, all of our like all of the comedy community was like, do we figure out TikTok right now? Like we are four <laughs> years too late. We oh are my four gosh. years too late. We're like in our late 20s, some early 30s. <laughs> we're all like, do we do that? We're, it's embarrassing. We all thought it would be embarrassing if we just like showed up and was like, <laughs> we do characters. <laughs> but we did. Nonetheless, I did. I persevered. And then, um, yeah. And then one video went viral. And I was like, I had th- 31 followers at the time. And then one video went viral, which was like the CDC video, which was my first ever like viral video. And 
I was just like, okay, I guess I'm going to be making some TikTok videos from <laughs> North Carolina now. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but that was it. So I've always been writing. I've always been, I like my plan, small plan was to come to North Carolina and just write and just like have scripts and write scripts and write pilots and movies and and just like organize my brain and come back to LA next year whenever everything opens yeah. with like a packet and just be like hi who's ready for this <laughs> but then I'm like now I'm like writing for one minute videos and I'm coming up with one minute little like videos to share and that's why I'm so happy the New Yorker series took off because I was like oh great like I can write like I can do I can tell a narrative like that's what I've been training for yeah and I love those movies and I love New York I was like it just made the perfect it was like all of my 10 years of like past experience just came into one like body of work which was amazing oh my gosh so <clears throat> that is so interesting so that that so that series that you're talking mm -hmm. about that was you wrote all those separately to create that string of them or I originally because it, it kind of plays out of order yeah. accidentally yeah. because I originally did the first one as just like a one-off and I was like maybe I'm gonna do like spoofs of movies and then that one kind of just took off and I was like I can do another one and then I was like let me do like that other scene from the movie which is like the beginning how they meet and it's always like they are not supposed to fall in love and they fall in love. And then I was after the second one, which it was like end of the movie. And then I did the beginning of the movie. And then I was like, oh, I, I'm going to tell the whole story now. I was like, I have it in my head. I was like, I know the whole movie. I have it all in my head. I was like, I just need to make it in one minute increments. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I told Sean, I said, oh, my gosh. So the whole New Yorker series that Michael was doing, like, do you love that? This is these are the things that we talk about. I'm like, yeah. this guy, Michael's does New Yorker <laughs> series. And I said, and it's brilliant because now he's like season two. I'm like, this guy created a season <laughs> for this New Yorker series. And that's why I thought, oh, my gosh, he's so awesome because just like our whole show is about this whole create for no reason. You started creating this and now you came up with this whole series and yeah. now you have like a season two of that of in your own making. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, cause I was like, how, because I don't know, there's always that line of like, you don't want to ever do one video too much of something because yeah. then you kind of, it, it like, it becomes stale and you don't ever want to be like stale, have like stale comedy. Cause it's like, Oh, he's still doing that one thing still going, you know? Like, yeah. Unless so you're Rodney like, Dangerfield, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <It's> exactly. <laughs> and then, so I was like, okay, I also love Christmas, like holiday movies, the cheesier, the better. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is where this is going to lead. I was like, so that's great. I'm going to set myself up and get to the like finale. I always knew that like the it, he was going to secretly be a prince the whole time. And I was like, I'm going to set it up so that I can do a whole second season and just have it be holiday in London, Christmas with the Royals and like a New Yorker in the mix. I was like, this is a dream, a, a, a easy palette to write for. Oh my gosh. Well, so oh you, you, uh, what, what, what's wonderful about this is you, you just, when you said like these are the 10 years that I was prepping <laughs> for this to happen and for it to be the 10 years and you're like one minute videos on TikTok, but, yeah. but they're, but they're brilliant. And I think a lot of people see those or then think, especially, I mean, that's a rabbit hole for all of us, but I mm -hmm. see them. And I think most people get the impression for some of the content they really like, like, Oh, they just 
they just pulled that out. Like it's an, it's a natural thing. They know what they're doing. They're really great at whatever. Um, yeah. But we were asking ourselves the same question about you. We're like, do you think you're just making it up every single time? Like, and then just, just <laughs> delivering it. Why did you, did you, have you always been really creative in this way? Have you always been a writer? Were you a writer when you were a kid and then kind of came into it? Or was it just your senior year after, after sight? I mean, it kind of, it it was, I always was a writer. Like I, I loved writing. I think I got like a 12 or whatever the high score was on the SATs for like the essay. Sec- like I could like, basically it's just like the art of like BSing, you know, like I was like, I can just, I can thread a whole narrative for you and trick you into going, okay, that was really good. You know, <laughs> which I think is the part of good writing is being able to like, not I'm saying BS, but like, be able to like pad it with like beautiful like phrases and yeah, terms yeah. or whatever. And I remember in second grade, my teacher, which is when I was like, oh, I love to write. I, we had to write something for Thanksgiving and it was like a story that we had to make up. And I just remember she pulled me aside and she was like, Michael, this was so good. We all like loved it. I don't even remember what I wrote, but she was just like, I'm going to, I have to find the biggest sticker for you. And she, that was like the reward. She was like, I, I, and she got like this huge sticker that like covered like most of the paper. She was like, it just like, she was like, this is so good. She's like, can I keep it? I want to share it with everybody. And I was like, yeah, go for it. But um, Uh, it's your, it's it's yours. I don't even remember what I wrote. I don't even, I didn't even know what happened. So then that was kind of like the bug. And then, um, yeah. And then, and then it, it just, it like, I started taking improv classes, which helped me figure out the way that I like to write, which is like kind of getting up and moving around the room and like deciding what they're going to say. So that's kind of how most of my videos happen. Like I'll hit record and I'll have an idea and I'll be like, for the New Yorker one, I was like, I, I was like it's that scene in like the, you know, the bar and he's coming in because he just, you know, I was like, and we'll figure out kind of where that goes. And then I kind of do like a longer take and then I watch it back and I'm like, okay, I, it's that, it's that, oh, that's the chunk that I want to say. So then I'll kind of like put everything together around that. So it's like a little bit of just like in my head writing, it's a minute video, but like when I'm doing longer form, it's, I, I'll do that. And then I'll like type it down and I'll just kind of get like, quotes out you know do you have a so, oh go go for it Kate. Well, you're more excited go, go no go, go. i i know i'm so <laughs> excited to hear about this process just because i watched them and and for some for, for i don't know how other people consume information i just think so many people watch it and they they're like oh that's funny and they're done i'm like when i watch something funny i'm like how long did it take them to write it? What was their thought process? Mm-hmm. What's their Me creative too. journey? What does that? Oh, I'm sure because that's yeah. your creative individual. So I'm oh, and I'm so fascinated by comedians. I love I just love the process of comedians. So you do improv. Do you also mm-hmm. do stand up? So stand up, I was starting this year because as a writer, that's like a really good place to like. Yeah, kinda just like put you're putting jokes up in front of a live audience and like you're going, oh, that. I worded that one weird. Let me try that one again next time. Or you just, you get like a live reaction. Yep. And I was literally starting it. I had done like th- it three times and then the pandemic hit. So <sighs> then I was like, okay, all the theaters are closed and blah, blah, blah. And now let me go make TikTok videos. But then <laughs> TikTok became the place where I'm like, okay, I have this idea. I think it's funny. Let me see how I can package it and like put it out into the world and see what happens. Yeah. You know, the first like six videos were to nobody. And then one took off. And then I was like, okay, then you get a little bit more people. And then it just, and then I was like, oh, this is, this is perfect. This is what I love to do. This is what I've been doing on stage 
in improv. And now these are like my little, my little mini like shows, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you, so talking about like kind of the community that, that you were mentioning that you're all kind of going through this together. How is the community and do you do a lot of collaborations? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. The community is in shambles. No, I mean, it's, it's because we don't have an outlet, like truly like a little bit of a joke, but like, we're all like trying to find the outlet. A lot of people have turned to TikTok, even just Instagram. A lot of my personal friends are more on Instagram. I do have like some friends that are on TikTok and doing really well on TikTok as well. But, um, just it's just finding that outlet everybody is like waiting to see what's going to happen like they just want to keep um themselves creative me included like if i didn't if i didn't have the videos to make i would literally be losing my mind i'd be going crazy <laughs> i was like it, it became something to do every day and i like look forward to it and it's like this time i set aside to like have fun you know yeah. on yes. top of like the whole world going crazy so it's been it's been good, yeah. Is there any kind of a, a is there any kind of other creative practice that you do besides just making the videos? Do you like are you still are you still writing for other things other than that? Are you still working on scripts? Do you yeah kind of do yeah. other things? I still have I have like there's like fully always like 10 projects racking around my brain yeah and then yeah. since the pandemic because I came here to write so I was like the videos are great and well, but I was like, I still want to leave here with like a packet of work. Yeah. And also it's informing my work. It's become really helpful. Like, you know, and some videos I'm like, let me throw a character up and see if, you know, and just see what the feedback is and like rework that. But um, yeah, I have specifically two ideas that I'm, I'm literally fleshing out. I do like a whole outline. I kind of get everything in order. And the last thing I'll do is I'll go in I'll like, and that means like, I'll have like those random like quotes. Like I know like, this character says this a lot or like this happens. And I kind of just give myself a nice bed to go in. And then when I'm ready to like write a full script, I can do that. But also you can just shop around like the ideas and like that, like almost it's like a one pager, but they're usually like 10 pages. I don't know why they're called yeah, one. Pagers. I love, I love that you, I love that you get to do that with, um, with TikTok, where you get to test it with this mass audience. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is this, it's, is this funny or not funny? Did this work? Yeah. Or did this not work? <laughs> yeah. And then be like, all right, I'm going to pencil yeah. that in and then, then make them connect. Like, Oh, here's yeah. a funny thing that this person's going to say. And then over here, uh, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And I love, I mean, just the New York rom-com, I love rom-coms. And like, as far as like, I'm gay. So like gay representation in rom-coms is almost non-existent or it's always like, they have to overcome the like obstacle of the world, you know, where in reality, like rom-coms don't have, like worldly obstacles, like straight people aren't fighting against like the forces mayor to like figure out their love. Like it's just, it's a bubble. So like, so that's why I'm, I love the New Yorker rom-com so much is because the last thing you're worried about is my character's sexuality. You're just like, go, you're along for the ride. And that's like, what's what I love to write. Like, that's like, that's the, the kind of stuff that I want to write. Yeah. And you, I mean, I find some of your other stuff too. You actually did do one. Didn't you do one of um, kind of talking about like the, the stereotypical gay mm-hmm, character in mm-hmm, every movie. Mm-hmm. And it was like so dead on. <laughs> yeah. I did like every, because you go on auditions and you're just like, you know, if it's for the gay role, I'll go out for all the gay roles. And then I'm just like, what? Like, this isn't even 
this isn't even like a, I don't have a backstory. Like there's no point to having me be here no. in this movie other than going, get it, girl. <laughs> Just like, okay, work. <laughs> Do you ever feel like, okay, I want to talk about, cause so many people when they're creating something, mm-hmm. we can create in our own little bubble and we might think it's genius or we're kind of working through the process, but actually putting it out into the world that be, that's scary, mm-hmm. especially at not only in the beginning, but especially as you grow, do you kind of feel now that you're kind of gaining this massive following, like everything you do is like, do you get nervous yeah. when you're putting it out? So in the beginning, I, tr- my videos used to be like one take, maybe two takes max. Like it was just like, I, I look back at them and I'm like, I don't know how I did that in the one take, you know, but now I'm a little bit more precious just because there is like, I have more of a following. So I'm like, you guys deserve more than like, just like drafts that I'm throwing up, you know? So I do take a little bit more time and there is a bigger fear of like, putting something out you know just because you're like you want it to hit with the people that already like you and you want it to get new people and you want it to just resonate across the board but what I fall back on and what helps me kind of just put stuff out is that I'm like okay is it true to me is it my POV like beyond it being funny like I just want to be able does the point of what I'm saying ring true to me and it's worth putting out then I'll put it out you know? Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, I hope it, yeah, I hope it's funny. And yeah, I hope people like it. And yeah, I hope people quote it, but you can't worry about that, especially just doing comedy in LA for five years. Like you can go down the rabbit hole and just like really have no self-worth because you've put it outside of yourself. So I just remind myself that it's my point of view. This is this, what I want to say, whether it's something simple and small or whether it's something a little bit more like deep, but I want it to be palatable, you know? That's, You're um, so that's, smart. That's, I, feel like this, I feel like she's like, You're look funny. at him. He's funny. You're and attractive smart. and He's you're smart. <laughs> I am single. Is there any guys listening? <laughs> oh my God. No, oh, what, by the way, can you please do more of those? Ask me any. The best stand ups write out every word, including punctuation. It is literally a script, um, but you wouldn't know it unless you actually knew it. Oh, that's so cool. You know, um, have you seen both? Because he's creating an environment. Yeah. Like he's creating an environment just with sound and just with words and just with whatever, whatever goes out when we, yes. when we push stuff out. Um, Isn't that the then, same thing they do with plants? Back. Same thing they do with plants. You're supposed to sing to your plants, talk nice to your plants, do the, well, or do- listen, dogs are, dogs are like that, where you don't even have to say anything. That's creepy. Like I can just walk in and, and, and dog has, I don't know, like eaten my shoe. So I walk in and I'm like, still like, Oh God damn. Like walk in, see it. Don't yell. Don't chase after her. Don't pick up the shoe and want to shove it in her face or whatever. But she can sense the disappointment and the anger. And then she's like, whoop, I'm going to bed. Like, whoop, that was a lot of fun. Now I'm going to go over here because of whatever it is that comes out. Now, we're not like that. Like, I think that we have to have, I think something else has to come. I mean, yes, it happens, but no, we can't recognize it the same way or know what it is that's coming in. We might just be like, it's warm in here, but it's something else. That's where I think the like words and sound become a really big deal of that reverberating out and coming back. That is so cool when I think about 
Your environment is simply the, the external coming in and it has a massive effect. It has a massive effect on it. Yeah. Yeah. And when you look at, if you now, now after, after hearing this, people are going to notice how, how much negativity people speak Uh huh. because it's all over. It's, it's so we forget my friend, Kyle always says words mean things. Words mean things, Kate. So I always say that in my head, words mean things. And when I am feeling a certain way, it's like, it's just like when people say, would you say these things to your friend? We say such mean things to ourselves Mm -hmm. about all areas of life. And then when we're creating, we say these things as well. We, Mm -hmm. we say it's not good enough. These, who am I to think I can write this or create this or put this out there or no one's going to like it. It's, we say all of these things instead of this is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. It's a superpower. It really is. Like, here's the good news. If you think those things, fine. Everybody thinks those things, those things come out like whatever it is. But my recommendation would be don't ever say them out loud. Yeah. Say the, say the other things out loud because they've got like a hundred times the effect, the beneficial effect to have you move forward, to be able to create and make and do these types of things. than if you speak about it the other way, and I've ex- I absolutely experienced that with my own children and with other writers and other people I work with, as soon as they say it out loud in a workshop, they're writing and they say, I can't do this. I'm like, Oh, we're screwed. Like you could think it, but you should be saying things like, this is crazy, or I don't know what to say, but I'll figure it out. Uh, I give them all these other things that they can say out loud besides that. And I say those things out loud. So it creates that environment. So they don't say, I can't do this, or this is too hard, or this is dumb, or I'm dumb, or whatever whatever comes, whatever comes with it. Because the point isn't in being smart or dumb or cool or uncool. The point is... Like you've you've continually got, we've all got, we've all got gifts, everyday gifts, not the one gift that, I mean, sure, maybe you've got that too, but the the one thing that gives to the world, but we've all got like, there's something we give, give the world and people every single day. We just have to be, you know, ready and willing. And I, I don't know, you don't even have to be excited necessarily to do it. I think you just need to be like, yeah, this is how the world works. Whatever it is I've got, like here, you can have it. Take it. That is amazing. I like, I'm really excited to think about it. So yeah, that's where I'm, so maybe that's why I'm going to Nicaragua. They asked me in in an email today, it's like, really think about your intention because we're going to ask you when you show up. I'm like, oh, oh, nuts. Like, what's my intention? Uh, I, uh, I don't know. Avoid, uh, avoid I don't I don't I don't know but I can tell you that if I speak that intention out loud when I get there and I'm in that environment it'll be magical use a lot of the same mechanisms but I've never done it would you ever do it like do you have any desire (laughs) I knew that was Um, coming next I was like (laughs) maybe I just I don't know if I if I I don't know if I would have like material that's actually good 
That's interesting. Yeah, that is so interesting because you you're so funny on stage during a keynote. Yeah, but funny on stage telling a story that has a business lesson is different than being funny. And people are like, I'm here for you. I've paid money to laugh is different from I paid money to learn. And by the way, I'm laughing. It's a different Uh standard from the audience. But what I would like, and I will tell you this, Kate, um, I would like every keynote to have the same physical environment as a stand-up because mm. stand-up comics really benefit from the, the physical intimacy of their environment and the fact that everybody's drinking. So I have done a number, <laughs> I've been fortunate enough to do a number of after-dinner keynotes and I slay, right? As I always tell people, the more you drink, the funnier I am. And that's not an act. That's a, that's a, that's a causation. So stand-up comics typically work in stand-up clubs, as you know, and, and, and they very intentionally seat them very closely. And it's not because they're trying to make more money or, 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 you know, risk their fire code. It's because, and this is a physiological truth, laughter is contagious. Mm-hmm. Sir, you are to somebody literally proximate, um, and they want you to almost be touching uh, it makes it so much likely that laughter then ripples across a room. And in a keynote environment, it's very, very rare that you have that. That's why one of the questions I ask in every prep call with clients is, how are we seating the room? And a lot of times it's rounds because they're having lunch in the same room as they're doing presentations and all that. And so there's tons of space between tables and all of and the giant ballroom ceiling that's 400 feet high with a chandelier that can like cover a, you know, a, a minibus. It's just death for comedy. Like that physical environment is bad for laughs. Um, So I would love to work small, small, tight, tight like that. And I'd probably be funnier because it's just the way it works physiologically. Yeah. Oh, that I know. I remember the first time I heard that. I was like, oh, Oregon. Yeah. But we love that you're listening to our show. We love that you're telling your friends about it. We love that you're joining the community. It continues to grow. We're excited to keep doing these and having these conversations. Um, I am selfishly because uh, it makes me more Sean, and that makes me happy to become more Sean. So. Oh, that's so cute! Swipe up. <laughs> Swipe up. <laughs> what? Part of this conversation, we're going to tape it. We're going to show it. Could be anyone, actors, comedians, author, whoever. Who would you pick to be in that roundtable? Okay, give me the rules again. It's five people. Five people. Um, so presumably they are living. They are um, living. Otherwise, otherwise, that would be the they story of the show. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's like a it's like a weekend at Bernie's situation. That would be noteworthy. <laughs> but we're gonna break format this episode. Uh, <laughs> So five alive people, um, yep. and and they can or should be from a variety of disciplines. Or, they, or you can choose. They can be all authors. They can be all comedians. Oh whatever God. you want. Impossible. Um, okay. Um, Tom York from Radiohead. Radiohead, my favorite band. Um, mm-hmm. I'd go with that. Um, I'll go with Seth Godin um, because he is a, a genius and and also is incredibly good at insights in a very small package right mm. so he'd be good like just i just need to talk 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 one line got it um he'd be great um i will go with um not tignataro for this dinner i'm going to go with john mulaney 
yes or or poetry or whatever and then how do you get out of your head like how do they all play together yeah well that's a good question and i mean and and honestly it's something that that you almost had it right there like breaking it down yourself right because they're all connected right and you want a nice even balanced flow between you because certainly if you're a singer or some you know and that's where your um you know your primary form of creative expression although i'm sure that there are many others as well um yeah you want that to be nice and open and balanced and obviously everything else in between right you'll have your your heart that has to be good. You've got your solar plexus, which is right in the center. Um, and that's like your, that's like your, your true authentic spirit. That's your confidence. That's your drive, like all of that. So it makes sense too, that that's like right in the center of your body, you know, and right above where your sacral chakra is. So it's like, it's all coming up and it's all flowing up and it's all flowing, you know, it's like a back and forth. It's like a channel coming through Mm. you. Um, you know, and your root being really important because that's what keeps you stable and grounded. Someone has a lot of fear and anxiety. Um, and then that's going to show up. That's like an imbalance, imbalanced root chakra, right? They're not grounded. They're not feeling safe and stable and secure. So if you don't have that too, that's also going to affect how you're going to be able to creatively express yourself. Right. So they all do kind of work together in that regard. Spare time that you would say is not directly related to your work, the stuff that you work. Like, is there anything creative that you do that we would be surprised or listeners would be surprised? And it's like, this is my thing I do. And I'm never going to make money at it. I'm never going to do it. Like, I just really like doing it. Sure. Uh, I collect tequila. Uh, <laughs> and I'm a certified tequila sommelier. Um Wait, that's a thing? I had no yeah. idea that's a thing. I didn't know yeah. that was a thing. Yeah, it is a thing. Only tequila uh, or uh, do you branch into the smoky tequila realm, the mezcal like me- as well? Like a mezcal thing? Yeah, I've been yeah. down to um, Oaxaca and done a lot of mezcal tours down there um, with the mezcaleros. Um, tequila is my preference just because it's a little easier to kind of get your 